Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing Word from God. God bless you. All right. Well, like I said, I'm so, I'm so pumped to be here tonight. Um, and I know that the enemy was not excited for me to be here so much so that literally during worship, I got locked in the bathroom in the green room. And you think I'm joking, but I literally got locked in the bathroom and I'm shaking the handle and I'm like, get me out. And then I started louder. I'm like, get me out. And so much so that I literally ripped the door handle off so that I could get out here. So the enemy's shaking in his boots. And I said, not today, devil. Like literally, bro, sorry for our maintenance team, but I did break the door handle off. Wow, it's true. Um, that actually happened like seven minutes ago, which is why I was late for worship. Um, so that's a great way to start. Um, when I was pre preparing for this message, they give me a lot of time. They give me like a month's heads up on this type of stuff because I'm a planner. And so I have everything organized. I'm ready to go. And two weeks ago, Pastor Matt basically got up on stage and preached my message. And I was like, I'm literally texting beautiful Pastor Michaela during service. And I go, um, I think I have to change my message. He preached it. And she's like, no. God's trying to get something to his people, so I want you to stay on track and I want you to preach this message. So I'm preaching this message tonight. The Holy Spirit is using me and so we're gonna do it. So the title of my message is called Tender Garden. And I, they did such a beautiful job, didn't they? Our team is amazing. So because I see every single relationship that I'm in as an individual garden, whether it's with my husband, one garden, whether it's with my daughter, one garden, whether it's with my friends, one garden. So I want to talk about tending our gardens and how we can do it well, because those relationships are gardens that we need to take care of. So point number one is what are you sowing? Seeds or weeds? Yeah, we're getting deep. Get it? We're getting deep. We're digging. So we're gonna start with some definitions. I love definitions because they give clarity. You can ask my husband because he'll be sticking his head out the door being like, babe, we're gonna be late. And I'm like, well, define late because late to you is two minutes, late to me might be 10. So defining things is important. So the definition of a seed, a flowering plant's unit of reproduction capable of developing into another such plant. So a seed, is basically what you are sowing into the ground and believing for a harvest of. And in our relationships, are you planting seeds or are you planting weeds? And I did a lot of uh, deep dive into Google when it came to farming and gardening. So you're gonna get some cool tips today. Um, and my kids love oranges. So I was like, let's look at what orange seeds are and like what, how you produce a tree and what it produces. So this is what it says. The average healthy and mature orange tree produces 200 to 350 oranges per season per tree. However, experienced orange farmers, after years of practice, can harvest between 400 and 600 oranges per tree 
per season. And so what, what I see this as is, is when you're planting something, when you're sowing something, the longer you are investing in that relationship, the longer you are fertilizing that seed, the longer that you are taking care of that, you can actually grow more of a harvest in your relationships and you can become an expert at it. Because seeds are simply the good things that we want more of and a harvest of in our relationships. Now, here are some examples of seeds. And the Bible actually makes it super easy for us because the fruits of the Spirit, a fruit has what inside of it? Exactly. So great. You guys are on top of it. Galatians 5, through 23 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is, and these are seeds that I want more of, Love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, other seeds for my life that I want to see more of, some of them is intimacy, vulnerability, transparency, trust, and fun. And now my seeds that I want in my relationship might be different than yours. So I encourage you tonight, this week, Take some notes. What are some of the things that you want to harvest of in your relationships? Write them down and check yourself and see, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah, check your, check your heart and be like, am I actually planting the seeds of the things that I want or am I not doing that? Now, you might be saying like, are you planting seeds or weeds? A weed does come from a seed as well. So we're going to go into definition of a weed. A weed is a wild plant growing where it is not wanted and in competition with cultivated plants. Cultivated plants are plants that you are purposefully sowing. So those weeds can actually destroy your garden. It's in competition with the things that you're believing for a harvest. They can literally choke the things that you are believing that you are going to plant and have a harvest for. Now, here are some examples of weeds. And again, these are just some examples. I'm making it really practical for you guys tonight. Some, some examples of weeds that I've seen. Bitterness, resentment, fear, anxiety, depression, isolation, lust, addiction, poverty mindsets, negative thoughts, judgment, doubt, anger, selfishness, performance, comparison, etc. So, I know, it's a lot. These are all things that I've seen as weeds, but these are personal. I'm getting real with you. Things that I've seen, weeds that I have allowed to go into my gardens at times in my life. So go home and write out those things. What do you want more of a harvest of in your relationships? And allow the Holy Spirit to come in and say, Holy Spirit, help me see the things that I don't want in my relationships. Help me see these weeds so that they can be taken out. Now, here's some more farming info for you. This is from a professional lawn care company that had decades of experience that talks about weeds. Weed seeds come in abundance and in many sources while also having the ability to lay dormant in the soil years before germinating. When actively growing, weeds produce thousands of seeds per plant and disperse them throughout the season. Some weeds, like dandelions, are literally spread through just the gust of the wind. And I love reading this because for me, I'm like, wow, have I checked my heart? Because maybe there's some weeds that have laid dormant for years that I haven't even recognized that I need to check my heart on. Maybe it's the same for you. And honestly, we can be very, we can purposefully be planting 
weeds. Nobody probably really wants to, but as I was looking back on my life, I'm like, am I purposely planting something or did a storm come in? Did I go through a heartbreak? Was there grief that came that blew some seeds in? Were there little foxes that I allowed to get into my garden because I didn't protect the garden that brought those weeds in there? Either way, we need to check our hearts. We need to check our relationships because seed and weeds are different and weeds can be so damaging to your garden. And this is what the Bible says. Galatians 6, 7 through 8. Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants, now in here it says selfishness, but you can, you can substitute the, any of your weeds in your life. He who plants fear, he who plants anger, he who plants disappointment, who who plants lust, you can replace it with any of that. Ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the growth work in him, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. So what do you want? Do you want the eternal life or do you want those weeds? Be careful what you're planting. So I'm gonna ask you again, are you planting those seeds? Are you planting those weeds? Sound good? Are you with me? Awesome. Okay, point number two. Be careful what you are watering. My husband and I had um, a great conversation when we were talking about my message. I was sharing it with him, and he said this. He said it beautifully. Healthy things take a lot of attention to grow, but weeds take almost no resources and can overtake a garden in a day. And so when I was thinking about this, I was like, well, who would really purposefully go out and water weeds? Like nobody's like, cool, there's a weed, let's just go and water it. But in my life, being transparent with everyone here because we're all friends, in my life there's been times where I'm like, I wanna feel angry about this. It's okay, I feel justified in feeling this anger. I feel justified in feeling this pain and this grief. So what was I watering? I was watering the weed. I wasn't watering the seed. And even more so, what I really wanna encourage us in is be careful what your tears are watering. And there's a, in Psalms, it says this, Psalms uh, 126, five through six. This is talking about a person who is walking through something that is grieving something and is pouring tears out, but they're doing it in a healthy way. They're actually watering the healthy things, even though they're walking through the storm. And this is what it says. They who sow in tears shall reap with joyful singing. He who goes back and forth weeping carrying his bag of seed for planting. So I wanna stop there for just a second because in this, the person, even though they're weeping and they're crying and they're grieving over something, they don't stop. They don't give up. They're carrying those seeds with them no matter what they're walking through so that they can plant those things that they wanna harvest for. And the Bible says they will indeed come again with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him, which means that in that pain, in that grief, and in that sorrow, they were watering the right thing and not the wrong thing. So be careful what you're watering with your tears. 
And there was a time in our lives when we first came to this church, we had, um, we met five other couples who were walking through the same season of life with us. We became really great friends. We built great relationships. And it was amazing because we're doing life together. We were all in um, the same time of life. So we actually all started trying for kids at the same time. We're all building our families. It's like we're going to have a commune or something. Like build the family up, Raise, raise the kids up together. And a lot of you might know our story that Mike and I uh, suffered three miscarriages while trying to get pregnant over about a year and a half. And that was heartbreaking for us. But I'm so thankful that I actually planted and invested in those relationships with those women and those men because they helped me walk through a grieving process. They didn't let me stay there, but they helped me walk through that season of life, which was a phenomenal because then I was gonna get a harvest from it. Now, during that time after my third miscarriage, I could barely, I couldn't see a pregnancy announcement. I turned down invitations to people's baby showers, but my friend Deandra got pregnant, and I was so joyful for her in that moment, but really, when I would go home, I would cry because my friend was being blessed with a thing that I had lost three times. So what I did was, I was like, I'm going to put a smile on. I'm going to fake it till I make it. That did not end well. I'm just going to tell you, don't do that. And I was putting the smile on, and, but there would be times where I'm like, I just, I'm not going to be around her because it, it reminded me of that pain and that hurt that I had. But then all my friends were getting together because it was time to throw her baby shower. And I was like, I can't do this, God. And he's like, yeah, you can. So I was like, Okay. I'm going to sign up and I'm going to do decor for her baby shower. So I said yes. So the minute I said yes, I felt great. And then I literally went home into my closet and I ugly wept on the floor. I'm not talking about like the cute TV show weeping where it's like a tear went. I'm talking like a whole toilet paper roll full on the floor, weeping and crying, real tears, real heartbreak and breakthrough. And the Holy Spirit in that moment was beautiful because he allowed me to grieve in a moment. But I heard God say, daughter, do you not think that I can give you the same thing that I just blessed your friend with? What are you doing? And in my head, I'm like, okay, actually, God, your word does say that. You are not a respecter of persons, so I'm going to believe that. But I, I was still in the moment, and then he, I literally felt the presence of God say to me, are you going to let the enemy steal your joy for your friend? And I was like, okay. This got real to me in this moment because I was not going to allow the enemy to steal my joy for somebody that I loved and that I cared for just because she had the thing that I wanted. I was going to love. I was going to support. I was going to pour into, and I was going to fight for that same thing. And do you know what happened? Ladies, you're going to love this. That's where the cherished prayer kick started because I got up, I wiped the mascara off my face. I put my big girl pants on and I said, uh-uh, not today, devil. You are not going to steal my joy. And so I have a, a picture that if the guys can put it up. So for the baby shower, we, I got to do the decor. Oh, yep, there we go. So I got to do the decor. I created a, this beautiful little sign. And my beautiful friend Deandra is pregnant. I have gone through three miscarriages this time. Yes, I'm wearing black. It's not because I was mourning. I just really liked black at the time. So please, that's not what it was. But I love this picture because I remember her saying, let's take a picture together. I was like, okay. So we like lean over and put our bellies together. 
I had to lean a lot more because I wasn't pregnant. But I was, I was really believing in that moment. I'm rubbing on that. In this church, we say if somebody gives you a prophetic word or you, somebody else gets it, pull that down from heaven. So I was literally rubbing bellies and being like, I am going to be pregnant. I am believing that I'm going to be pregnant. I'm prophesying that I am going to be pregnant because God is not a respecter of persons. And so two days before God blessed Deandra with the birth of her baby, I found out I was pregnant with my daughter, Emerson, and I fully believe that God was blessing me, and not in a coincidence, but God was giving me the harvest and the fruit of what I poured my tears out in those moments to sow seeds into what I was believing for. And if God can do that for me, he can do that for you. I'll drink to that. I will not throw the door handle. <laughs> My, uh, I will not throw the door handle. But all of this is to say, invest in your relationships, but be really careful when you're walking through something, a grieving season, somebody hurts you, somebody offends you, what your tears are watering. Water the right thing because relationships actually take a lot of time, a lot of attention, focus, care, forgiveness, endurance to grow the healthy things. But what do you want to harvest in in your relationships? What do you want to harvest in? You want those seeds or you want those weeds? Seeds, that's right, that's right. All right, point number three. Put up a fence, not a fence. We're going there. Okay, so your relationships are valuable. They are valuable. Can you, what do you do with something that's valuable? You put up boundaries around it, healthy boundaries. Can you imagine if like the queen of England had her crown jewels and she's just like, cool, I'm gonna put them on the street. Anybody can touch them and take them and play with them. No, those things are put in the Tower of London. They have a moat around them. There are security guards that are there because it is valuable. So are you putting up healthy boundaries in your relationships? So I'm going to, this is what it says in the Bible. It says, Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So I'm going to share just some of the healthy boundaries out on my 41 years on this earth that I've learned. Yours might look different, but I'm going to help you guys out a little bit. So take notes, like I said. So are you setting aside time daily to check your heart? Because... If you're not checking your heart, then those weeds that might have just blown in on a storm or come in could be settled into the soil of your heart. Are you checking that daily? How long are you going to allow your heart to be unchecked for those things that you don't want in your relationships? So how often are you actually doing those heart checks? Two, think the best of the person, not the worst. So I'm going to speak for myself, but I'm also going to speak a little bit for the ladies in here. So if it hurts a little bit, I'm real sorry, but it can't just be me. It might just be me. You can tell me later. But think the best, not the worst, because when my husband and I have a disagreement, I don't call it a fight or an argument. It's a disagreement. When we have a disagreement, I have to actually check my filter 
Because usually I want my filter to be clean and I want to be able to hear clearly what he says. But a lot of times my filter is kind of dirty. So what happens is Mike will say something and it can't filter through clearly. And I will go, I cannot believe that he just said that to me. Oh, he meant that? No, he did not. I cannot. Instead of having a clean filter and hearing this, hearing instead of being like, you know what? I know my husband's heart for me. I know that he I know that that's not what he meant when he said it. Am I taking it the wrong way? So am I thinking the best of my husband or the worst? And it doesn't have to be your husband. It can be your friend. It could be a family member. It could be your kid. So are we checking our filters? Are we thinking the best and not the worst of the person? Next one. Choosing to be unoffendable. Because to be offended is actually a a choice. I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but it is a choice. Because somebody can say something or do something to us, but it's our choice if we're going to allow that into the heart of our gardens. Are we allowing that to plant a seed of bitterness, of resentment because I got offended? So choose. It's a choice to be unoffendable. The last one's my favorite. Forgive quickly and often. And I'm preaching to myself because this is a practice that I've had to work on a lot in my life. There was a season of our life where Mike and I were walking through in the beginning of our marriage where we were walking through some really serious stuff. There was some infidelity that had happened before we got married. And and my heart was hurting and grieving. But I knew that if I held on to that unforgiveness, it was going to be like, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. I didn't want that, so my heart may not have been ready for it, but I knew I needed to say it. I'm not, I, and I had to tell him that, like, hey, I want to forgive you. I'm not there yet, but I'm going to release forgiveness. I'm going to continue to release forgiveness. I'm going to say I forgive you because where my words went, my heart followed. I was prophesying my healing so that I could have it and on a regular basis because I wanted that healing in my life more than I wanted to hold on to the root of bitterness that I was allowing into my heart. So forgive quickly and forgive often. Sound good? Are we on track? Love it. Okay, so point four, do you toil your soil? I made these rhyming so it was very easy for you to remember. Do you toil your soil? Definition, to toil means to work extremely hard or consistently. If you are taking care of a garden, a piece of land, do you think, I laugh at this because I was reading all these farming websites and none of them were like, well, the farmer went out and planted a seed and then he came back a month later and poof, there was a tree. That's not how it works. We wish it was how it worked in relationships, but it's not. You have to plant a seed You have to toil that ground. You have to water it. You have to put up those boundaries. You have to protect that space. But are you actually doing it? Proverbs 24, 30 says this. I walked by a field of a lazy person, the vineyard of one with no common sense. I saw that it was overgrown with nettles. It was covered with weeds and its walls or fences were broken down. Then as I looked and thought about it, I learned this lesson. A little extra sleep. I am guilty. I like to sleep. I can be lazy at times. A little more slumber. A little more folding of the hands to rest. 
then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. So if you want a vineyard full of beautiful grapes, you don't just sit there, plant something, walk away, sleep in, cross your arms and hope something's gonna happen. No, you take the time. You invest in that thing. You take care of that thing. You tend that thing. If the fence gets broken, you mend the fence. But you have the choice. Are you toiling your soil? And I'm going to share something really real with you guys that just happened to us a month ago. (laughs) And I hope you all enjoy it. (laughs) So I don't know how your families are around Christmas time. It is my favorite time of the year, by the way, in case anybody had any questions. It really is. And during Christmas, I'm the gift buyer. Like, I buy the presents for the family, for the kids, for the kids' teachers, for the bus drivers, for the baristas, like every, I buy all the gifts. I wrap all the gifts, that's my role, and I love it. So I do that. The only thing, the only thing I ask my husband to do is fill my stocking. Altar call. All I ask him to do is fill my stocking because we don't, we don't exchange gifts. It's all I asked. We're being real here. So it comes a long time, you know, I'm asking, I'm like, yes, fill my stocking. We don't exchange gifts. We usually do like a family trip or something. So we don't actually, him and I don't open gifts for each other. It's the only thing I have to open. It's the only thing I had to open. He's great. He's great. Look, I've forgiven him. If I've forgiven him, you can too. Okay. So, so here's the thing. He knows this. And during the entire month of December, I'm just like throwing hints out like, oh, that, that would look, that would be so cool in my stocking. I'm literally like, look up the parable of the sower of seeds. Like I'm just, but I'm just like throwing seed out there, just seeing where it's gonna land. I'm like, that would look cool. Hey babe, did you see the, uh, on my Amazon wish list? I added something to it. Like thinking, like just throwing hints out to him, right? So I'm doing this thinking, yeah, he's gonna get it for sure. Um, and then Christmas Eve comes. And Christmas Eve comes and you know, we actually get into a massive fight on, on Jesus's birthday night. We get into a massive fight, but the Holy Spirit is so good because he wipes my mind. I can't honestly even remember what the fight was about, but I remember we were in a fight because I remember sitting on the floor and stuffing the stockings really angrily, especially his. And I'm not even upset about the stocking at this point. I'm, ex- I'm upset about the fight we're in, but I look up at the stockings and, it, and there's nothing there. He's also not getting off the couch to go fill it or anything in the moment. So in that moment, what I do is I let a weed seed of resentment and bitterness plant into my heart in that moment. We go to bed angry, and we should ne- don't do that. It's not good. Don't, don't go to bed angry, but we do. We go to bed angry at each other for whatever. I can't even remember what it was. Thank you, Jesus. But we wake up in the morning. My kids are so excited. We're all about to go out, and I, the first thing that I see is this. This, you're like, what is that? It's a handwritten card that my husband also colored, which is so cute, <laughs> for me, for me. And it's full. I'm not going to read it. No, 
but it's full. Like he wrote me a handwritten card apologizing for his actions, taking ownership of his behavior from the night before, which is so good. Good job, babe. Yes. That is an emerged man. So I have this beautiful card. And so I think in this moment, great, I'm healed from this. It's taken away my anxiety and bitterness. And also, all of a sudden, my stocking is full. And I was like, oh, wait, don't clap yet. (laughs) Don't clap yet. I get so excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, my stocking is full. I don't know when he did this. It must have been like he had it all planned. He's been planning it for a whole month. I'm so excited. So we open up gifts and everybody opens up their stocking. And then I open my stocking. And inside of my stocking is two cans of a drink that I like to drink, two Snickers bars, and like something random in there. And I was like, here's where the ladies, here's where the filter came in. Because what I wanted to say, I didn't. What I wanted to say, I didn't say. But I was like, oh, babe, this is, this is so great. Well, like, when did you have time? He's like, well, I knew we were in a fight last night. I went to 7-Eleven this morning. And I filled your stocking. Yeah. Because what else is open on Christmas morning? Filled, filled my stocking. Okay. I know. I lived it. I know. <laughs> you can come back. It's okay. So husbands, this is not a bar I'm setting for you. Like, do not, that's not, don't, don't. This is not a bar that we're trying. If the bar was there, it's there now. So, okay. So, I'm trying to be the sweet and gracious wife. And I'm like, you know what? He did, he put effort in. He did fill my stocking. It is what I asked. So I'm just going to let this go. Like, I'm just going to let it go. It's fine. And what happens is a week later, we're having a conversation. He's asking me something. And I respond a little sassy to him. And I don't think anything of it in the moment because I have a little sass in me anyways. I didn't have a sassometer on, so I couldn't tell that I was really being a little sassy to him. But then two weeks go by, and then three weeks go by, and by the fourth week, I am wearing that coat of sass like armor. Like, I am wearing it like armor. I'm being rude. He's like, hey, can you pass me the salt? And I was like, yeah, I'll pass you the salt. You can have it. You need some salt because you lost your saltiness? Like, I'm being... I'm being sassy. And we have, what we do is a weekly check-in. So we have our weekly check-in. And my amazing, graceful husband in our check-in says, hey, honey, um, I've noticed that you've been off a little bit. And he he said very transparently to me, he goes, babe, um, I'm kind of missing our closeness. Like, we haven't actually been physically intimate in a while. And God hits me like I slammed into a brick wall. And God was like, hey, Rachel, this is your fault. And I'm like, ooh, does it have to be? But it was. God, the Holy Spirit spoke to me in that moment and was like, Rachel, you allowed this root of bitterness from a month ago 
to stay in your heart and grow roots, so much so that you've been rude, you've been sassy, you've literally pushed your husband away from something that I have given you in your marriage that is the glue to help keep it together. So I had to in that moment say, honey, I'm so sorry. I'm gonna take ownership of this. And it's kind of funny because I was like, so a month ago, and the look on his face was like, a month ago? He didn't say that, but I could tell that he was like a month ago. But I told him, I was like, hey babe, a month ago when, um, when you didn't fill my stocking, but then you did, kind of. Um, honestly, what that did for me, like I didn't tell you this, but when you did that, it actually made me feel like an afterthought. Like I wasn't a priority, like I wasn't important. Like work came first, the kids came first, ministry came first, and, and I was an afterthought. And I allowed that to cause me to keep us separated, and I'm really sorry. And women, I wanna speak to you real, real in this moment. Do not withhold physical intimacy from your husband because of a pain that you have, because that's just a doorway for the enemy to come in and for any other woman to show any sort of attention, affection, Instagram shows up. Like, I'm gonna encourage you. I know our men are the leaders of the household. They're supposed to go first. Do not allow there to be a time for you to withhold that unless you agree upon that time. That is what the Bible says. Because we've experienced it in the past and I know this and I still did it where we've had infidelity. And it would have been so easy for my husband to be like, well, my wife isn't providing the thing that I need, so I'm gonna look elsewhere but I have an emerge man. I have a man who has overcome addiction. I have a man who has overcome those things. So I didn't have to really worry about it, but I still made him walk through that. So I wanna encourage the women and I wanna encourage the men. Are you dating your wives? Are you treating them the way that you got them? Are you doing that for your wives? If you want a close personal relationship with your kids, are you spending quality time with them? Or is your phone out all the time? I'm not just preaching to you, I'm preaching to myself. Or if you have friendships, are you connecting with them? Are you checking in on them? Are you actually having a real relationship with them? And I'm saying all this because to be honest, our number one relationship should be with our Heavenly Father. And this is kind of a cheeky thing to say, but do you know the best miracle grow to put on a seed to watch it grow quickly? The Word of God. Do you know the best weed killer? the Word of God. And when you get into the Word of God, you actually learn about who He is, who He says you are, what His promises are for you, that He sent His Son to die on a cross for you so that you could live in freedom and healing, that you can have the Holy Spirit as a helper and a comforter. I'm gonna tell you very honestly, I'm so thankful for my relationship with God because had I not had Him to speak into me and my friendship, I might've lost my friendship with Deandra because I was so bitter and resentful and I would've lost it. Had I not had the Holy Spirit speak into me around my husband, how long would have I allowed that root to grow? How far separated would we have been in our marriage and in our intimacy with each other? So tonight, church, I want you to check your gardens because what I fully believe is that if you're feeling like your relationships aren't strong, producing a harvest of what you wanna see, that's actually just a symptom that your relationship with your heavenly father might not be where he wants it to be with you. God wants to be close to you. 
He wants to heal your heart. He wants to break the chains of the enemy. He wants addictions gone. He wants sickness gone. He wants families brought together. So if you're feeling like your relationships might not be where you want them to be, is your relationship with God that way? And if you've never had a relationship with God before, tonight is the night. Let's allow him into our hearts. Let's allow him to heal what only he can heal. Give us the freedom that only he can give us the freedom for. So tonight with every eye closed and every head bowed, if the Holy Spirit is tugging on your heartstrings right now, and you feel far from God, you wanna strengthen your relationship with God, or you've never had a relationship with God, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand and I wanna pray with you because God loves you and he sees you. He wants you to be in a better relationship, healthy relationship, healed, full of life, full of harvest. So one, two, three. Amazing, I see those hands. I see those hands, phenomenal. God loves you, he wants you close. He wants to heal those things, amazing. I see those hands, phenomenal. Oh. I love these moments in church. We don't just surpass them so quickly to get to the end of the service. We fight for those hands to go up so that you can have a heavenly relationship with the Father that loves you, that wants to heal you, that wants to know you, that sent his son to die on the cross for you. I saw every single one of those hands, but more importantly, God saw every single one of those hands that went up. If you are struggling, and I want, I want to do this tonight, if you're struggling in some of your relationships, if you want healing, or if you are one of those amazing people that raised their hand, we have phenomenal team with a book and a Bible called Following Jesus. That's the book. The Bible is the Word of God. We want to get it into your hands and we want to pray with you, especially if this was your first decision to say yes to God. But if you're struggling in relationship, you want it strengthened, I want you to come down to the altar. We're all going to pray together, but I want you to be bold because nothing changes if you don't aren't willing to change. Come down, let us pray with you. Let us help you walk through things. Let us strengthen things for you. But as a church right now, we're gonna pray together, especially for all those hands that raise up. So everybody repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the relationship that we get to have with you because of what your son did on that cross for us. God, we thank you for your healing, for your love, for your joy and your restoration. Allow our lives to be a mirror of you. Allow the rest of our lives to be the best of our lives. In Jesus' mighty name and God's people said, amen. We are opening up the altar. Thank you for letting me share with you tonight. We love you, church. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.